Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey, welcome to the 19th episode with Coach Ola. Today we have Bilal Hafiz. He is a personal trainer and a Ramadan fitness expert. He focuses on helping Muslim men become stronger, lose weight, and feel young again. Bilal's goal is to redefine the Muslim dad bod. He offers online training to men anywhere in the world, as well as in person in the Toronto area. He has been personal training for over five years and has been involved in the fitness for over 10 years now. Bilal is a husband, father, an entrepreneur, and enjoys spending his free time playing hockey and working out. In today's episode, we will talk about his typical workout routine before Ramadan, how to get our workout in during Ramadan while we maintain our muscle gains, and much more. So are you guys ready? Let's welcome Bilal. Hey, Bilal. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. for having me. Yeah. So tell us about your typical workout before Ramadan. Well, before Ramadan, because, uh, well, uh, to start off, the way I program uh, my workouts are always for the year. Right? right. I never necessarily look at it just for that moment, necessarily. So I always, and I do the same thing with all my clients. It's, it's always think of the big picture, right? As opposed to what you're going to do immediately, because it's the long term that's going to give you results, right? Not just the quick, simple, just one workout, for example, won't get you results. It's going to be the long term overall, right? So what I like to do is generally leading up to Ramadan, I like to raise my intensity. And so I'm lifting a lot heavier my workouts are a lot more intense i'll probably add in more days of workouts because ramadan uh i know we'll, we'll get into it but it's kind of a time where i like to kind of take a step back doesn't mean i stop working out just take a step back obviously so right before it it's you know even when it comes to hockey i'll play a lot more sports you know i'm gonna be in the gym more often working out and try to raise intensity because obviously coming ramadan on time you have to take a step back because you're not able to push yourself to the same pace when you're not able to take in water and food uh, before or after your workouts i like that and as a another person trainer's perspective it's very important to also keep up with our stretching and taking care of the body from the mobility standpoint and that's why i love having your you on because you, the way you train is kind of similar to mine and you focus a lot on functional training as well mm -hmm. and that's something that's very important during yeah. well and that's that's what that's the that's the awesome part about ramadan right is that yeah uh, what happens is as people as a whole, as we get stronger, we start to lift heavier, we become more mobile, we become more uh, in, in a functional manner where we're able to do more, right? We, we expand our capacity of what we can handle. The problem in that is, uh, the good thing, in, uh, that's obviously a great thing to have, but the problem in that is we start depending on the good things that we're able to do. So for example, if we're able to really, really heavy or run really fast or work out a very high intensity for a long period of time, the thing is, sometimes we forget to take a step back and focus on, you know, like you said, stretching or mobility or some of the more functional parts of, you know, if you're having knee pain or lower back pain, instead of blowing through the workouts, Ramadan gives us an opportunity to kind of take a step back, focus on, you know, how we can kind of almost, you know, rebuild our foundation in that sense, right? So, and that's really helps kind of that component of it. Yes, and that's why I love having Dr. Jen on my show talk about how to regain mobility during Ramadan, mm -hmm. and we'll get into it. As the next question is, how do you how do you adjust your workout then during Ramadan? Well, during Ramadan, like going into, was 
Mobility is gonna be uh, is my is what I actually have quite a few certifications in mobility. And something I actually work on a lot is is making sure because the thing is at the end of the day it's it's about what you're able to do through the movement, right? Yes. Uh, you'll have you'll have a lot of people who are able to squat really heavy and that's great, but then when you tell them to run or move, they're all over the place, yes. right? They're not able to brace their core and stay steady and be able to sprint. They're not able to even if you ask them to do a simple step up. Right. They're just simply running through it, but they're not able to control their way up or down. And, and then you see their knees shaking the entire time. Right. So there's a lot of different muscles that kick into that. Right. So, you know, how is your strength in your glutes? How is your strength in your hamstrings? How is when it comes to your abductors or adductors, how, how they're functioning through the movement? Right. A lot of people have, you know, tightness and a lot of times tightness is a form of weakness. Right. Uh, usually it's not simply just stretching it out that will make it go away, but it's simply strengthening that exercise through movement, right? Uh, through certain movements, right? So, for example, a lot of people have, you know, because we're always in a, a seated position, right? We're always sitting, whether it be at home, at work, sitting in front of the TV, driving, et cetera. We're always through modern technology, we're constantly sitting. So, what happens is, you know, those hip flexor muscles, they always go into that shortened position. A lot of times, it's not necessarily simply just stretching it out, but it's also strengthening that exercise, uh, strengthening that muscle, those muscles, right? And a lot of that does come down to core work, working on your core, strengthening through movement. So, what I like to do is take Ramadan is to build on some of those weaknesses that we do build up throughout the year. For example, like myself, I play a lot of hockey. Hockey has a lot of, you know, crashing and banging along the boards and, you know, it's a very physical sport. So it beats down on your body a lot. And then even with the way I work out, you know, I have a semi powerlifting routine. So that also plays a toll on on the body as well. So what I like to do is take Ramadan almost in a semi detox manner, I guess you can say, is uh, just kind of build up some of the muscles that aren't necessarily functioning the way I want them to. For me, you know, lower back pain has always been something that I've had since I was a kid. And it's something that I continue to keep working on and strengthening. Being a little bit more functional during Ramadan. Finding a way to focus. So for example, when I was saying people when they have their movement, a lot of times what happens is their knees are always shaking side to side. And that's usually end up what causes a lot of the ACL or MCL injuries. And a lot of that starts from the glute. Right? Not being able to stay stable through the glutes and being able to have the power to maintain that movement. So working on something like the VMO muscle, working on various muscles that, you know, working on your hamstrings because your hamstrings and obviously your quads, the intercept. So it's important to make sure we're strengthening through those muscles, making sure that, you know, those muscles are activating correctly. You know, so Ramadan, because you're not going to be trying to hit a personal record in Ramadan. You're not going to be able to lift. Yes. You're not going to be able to, you know, run a marathon. You're not going to be able to do all those things. But you could still work out in a more controlled manner, learning how to move correctly, uh, you know, correcting your squat, correcting your deadlifts, you know, correcting, you know, various exercises that you want to work on and having the opportunity to still do it. You can take a little bit more rest. You could still you're still going to burn calories. You're still going to lose weight and so forth. Right. Uh, you're still going to get all the benefits of the workout, but it doesn't need to be at a, such a fast, high, intense pace. And that's kind of some of the stuff I just kind of work on with my clients and and myself as well. But obviously, one thing I will say, uh, disclaimer, is take the first two, three days off. Let your body adjust to Ramadan. Let it get used to, you know, because when you're not in a fasted state and you kick into a fasted state of no water, no food or anything, your body takes time to adjust. So let, give it some time. And once you feel good, then, yeah, go into the gym, spend 20, 30 minutes and see how your body's responding. And then you can play with it as well, right? See what's working, see what's not working, seeing what you enjoy. And the biggest thing I love about Ramadan, or even throughout the year, even just working on in general, is learning your, about your body, learning about yourself, right? Evaluate yourself and see what your body can do and see what it can, the, the limits you're able to push and see how you can grow within that, right? And that's basically what Ramadan is, right? Refraining from so much and you get to see what you're able to do and 
we're able to fast for 16 hours straight and people always think we're nuts. You know, we always have friends who are non-Muslims. They're like, oh, how are you fasting for 16 hours? Well, it's, and then we think to ourselves, well, it's really not that hard. Working out the same way, right? People ask me how I got my results. It's consistency, right? Just keep doing it, keep going and keep finding different ways that works for you, right? Yes. And everything says is like on point. That's kind of my thing style as well. And you mentioned like your back. You, you, how do you work on your back? Because I know you kind of base touched on it. Well, with me, it's because... I lift so heavy consistently and, and because of playing hockey for so long, what happens with me is it's the impact that I'm constantly taking. So for me, it's just strengthening my core and strengthening my glutes and then working on mobility in my hips. My hips, regardless of how much mobili- mobility I do, they're always the first ones to kind of tighten out. So working on mobilizing my hips, you know, doing like the 90-90 uh, positions, hip openers, pigeon stretch. Um, I have some of those stuff on social media. So if you guys are ever curious, you can shoot me a message and I'll try to forward some of the stuff that I'm talking about. But so some of those things are important and, and really being able to, you know, just open up the hip, open up the hip capsule and having your, you know, your your body moving better through those movements. Right. Uh, so that's something that really helps me through my any kind of lower back issues or anything like that. I love what you said. And that's exactly how I talk about or why I keep talking about the core is so important. And it's not just about like you know, doing the ab workouts, but it's working around the core muscles, the hips, the shoulders, the glutes. And that's why I loved having you on. So I wanted to have another input, especially with like resistance training. And like he said, you guys go follow him on Instagram. He does have helpful tips. So very good. And then how about this? Any recommend? Are these recommendations the same for men and women? <laughs> uh, uh, yes and no. Yes, for the most part, because everyone should be working out, regardless of you know where you're at and your fitness level. You should be adding some form of resistance, you know, in your body and your muscles and stuff. It also helps with the density of your bones, right? So even regardless if you're in your 80s and 90s, you should be adding some form of resistance. So if you're younger, you should be pushing that resistance a little bit more. Oftentimes the pushback from women is well you know i don't want to get big and bulky which is surprisingly with men as well like majority a lot of my clients will say the same thing oh i don't want to look like those bodybuilders <laughs> uh just to clarify you won't <laughs> regardless of how much work you put in you will not look like that the amount of food and the amount of work that is required and the years that is required to be able to get to that level and to be honest with you if you do start to get to that level then just stop they'll go away <laughs> right? It's, it's a very simple process of stopping it, right? For example, if you're going say six times a week, and you're eating crazy amount of protein and food and so forth, then just cut it down to three times a week and decrease the food and you'll see the muscles will stop growing in that same way, right? So, so to answer the question, I guess you could say is, uh, is the formula is similar, how you go about it will be a little bit different, right? Because, you know, it comes down to, you know, how your body is responding and so forth as well. Nutrition is a little bit different. You know, guys do require a little bit more food, a little bit more protein. So when it comes to requirement, when it comes to nutrition, it will be a little different, you know, but when it comes to working out for the most part, it's similar, but you'll have a little bit difference when it comes to mobility because, and then when it comes to what works and what doesn't, it, there is a little bit of a difference. So one thing is it does it does make a difference. For example, for example, with women, when it comes to post-pregnancy, yes, right, that plays that plays a huge factor in you know yep. when it comes to your abdominal muscles, when it comes to your pelvic floor, when it comes to your lower back, and so forth, right. So how you're going to be working out does change how you're going to be re-strengthening those muscles, and then even afterwards, it still plays a fa- sorry before pregnancy or if you haven't got pregnant or anything, mm-hmm. it, it still plays a factor on how your body's going to be responding to certain certain movements and stuff, right. So and also you're not going to be lifting as heavy, obviously. Muscle development has shown that guys generally put on muscle a little bit faster than women. Why? It's just, it's just genetics. It's, it's how we're obviously we're built. 
but uh it, so there is a little bit of a difference but for the most part especially if you're beginning or if you're intermediate for the most part the workouts don't necessarily change that much it's when you start to go a little bit more on the extreme side uh, unless you've had unless you've gone through pregnancy or unless you're you have any other or anything else going on then for the most part it generally stays the same so this is so funny because and it's also interesting since this was your guy so i attended idea conference last year and for about how to train women post-pregnancy and there were like at least two men in the room because mm-hmm. they work with women and obviously as you said there is a difference in training women especially after pregnancy and a lot of men are like from the trainer perspective are not very aware about it or know how to go with it about how to talk to them for example how to train them right. and then the the speaker mentioned how there was what there's she heard this one man male trainer who was like oh women should never like you know lift this heavy or whatever and she was so obviously disappointed but there is some misconception also within the male trainers out there and that's why i'm happy that you brought that topic up especially the post-pregnancy yeah well it it, it there was there is one thing that you know that does exist and it's regardless of what field you go into is where you know if people assume they they know everything but the thing with health and fitness is it's so diverse that there's so many different moving parts to it that Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible for you to be an expert in every field i have people that come to me all the time and for the most part if it's general issues i'm able to deal with it for the most part but there there have been issues where i've had to refer out Mm -hmm. uh and so one advice i always give to people when they're picking a personal trainer if if he acts like he knows everything, he or she acts like they know everything and they're able to answer every single question, it's usually best not to go with them because then they're going to be making up things as they go. If they're not willing to refer, for example, I've had people with knee pains and so forth. For the most part, people recovering from ACL and MCL injuries, I'm able to handle them and recover them and get them back. But then there are some certain times when I've had to refer out because I'm just not able to get my head around it. So, you know, mm-hmm. when someone's willing to admit that they're not perfect then they're probably a better option to go with because clearly they're continuing to keep learning and continue to keep trying to get better and they're trying to provide you with the best information available as opposed to trying to make up things as they go you find that a lot with trainers you'll find that in the fitness industry a lot unfortunately where people just kind of make things up as they go so it's important to kind of you know learn from different people but also see what they're willing to offer as well thank you so much for bringing this up because as you can tell on social media, we see so many like influencers like posting beauties and stuff, but they're not really trainers and it drives me crazy, <laughs> but it's so true. You got to do your research, guys. It's just not like, oh, like, she, you know, this person has like videos or whatever, like they know about it. It's- yeah, what's what's worked for one person won't work for everyone. Right. Exactly, uh, and, yeah. and there's a difference between doing and teaching. Right. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you're able to teach it. Right. So and that's one thing you see guys will ask me, oh, this really big jack guy in the gym told me so and so. Unfortunately, that really big jack guy is wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> what he did worked for him, but what worked for him won't necessarily work for you, right? So, and that's a huge difference in understanding. And I, I, you know, you have that all the time. I get people all the time, and they'll come and see me. I'll be like, "Well, this is why so and so exercise won't work for you, or why it's not working for you." Right? You'll have, for example, guys love bench pressing, and so yes. you'll have guys come in with shoulder issues, and they'll hear all the pseudoscience and bro science in that sense of, "Oh, well, you know, if you just do this and do this and do that, well, you know, you'll just get better." Just perfect analogy is uh, most people will be like, "Oh, well, you know, just lift lighter." And just do a little bit more reps and your shoulder will be fine. 
no, that's not how it works at all. So I had uh, a client come in after months and months of shoulder issues. And he's just like, every time I bench, I have issues. Well, after looking at him, it just it's a simple stability, right? He didn't have the stability in his shoulder joint and his rotator cuff to be able to go through that movement. So for a month, we didn't have any sort of bench and we just focused on building the stability. And he's just like, I'm not going to be benching. I'm like, nope, you're not because you don't have the capability to do so right now. And literally within a month, he was back at it and lifting heavier than ever, right? But that's something someone who simply just works out won't understand the physiology and anatomy components of how the body functions, right? So simply listen to someone on Instagram because they're in shape. It's like listening to someone who has uh, trying to get money because they have a fast car or a really expensive car. Don't know the whole story behind it. <laughs> so do your research on who they are, what they've learned, what certifications they've taken before you jump on board and start taking their advice. Oh my gosh, thank you for bringing this up. When I became a functional fitness specialist in 2017, I attended a workshop. And that workshop, obviously, we learn about how to train functionally. And that's exactly the same example that the speaker was telling us that, you know, especially with men, as you mentioned, like, you know, the big shoulders and all that. And this person, like, and I believe, you know, eventually he couldn't lift any heavy and he's he, leaning forward, which is really bad for your back. And yeah, so it's not about the weights, guys. Just <laughs> <see>. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, I'm uh, still promoting lifting heavy. Oh, no, 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 I know, but I'm go, just saying, like, lift smart capacity. Exactly, exactly. and lift functionally right, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. How, so then how do you get your workout routine back up after Ramadan? Usually after Ramadan, because it's summertime, I like to be outside a lot. I like to, you know, I'll take my daughters out to the park and do workouts outside with the wife uh, or, you know, find things active, you know, uh, hiking and doing other things. But at the same time, because I've spent a month, of, um, you know, deloading in that sense i like to go pretty hard after ramadan and kind of get see where my numbers are at and, and compare i kind of use that month after as a test to see what's worked and, and so forth and again take the opportunity to kind of learn about myself as well but what i'll do with myself and and, and my clients at that time is kind of you know re-engage the intensity in summertime people are more willing to kind of go outside and and do sprints and work out and so forth so i'll try and be more active as a whole so and for some reason, obviously, because summertime, I guess, because everyone's happy, the weather's great. <laughs> so we tend to have more energy. So I'll, I'll take advantage of that and and push uh, the limits a little bit more. But obviously still staying within a bound that we're able to kind of handle it. But, you know, start lifting heavy again, start, you know, increasing the intensity. This summer, for example, I probably, uh, I'm going to be, sorry, I'm, I'll be preparing for a few hockey tournaments. So I won't necessarily be doing powerlifting. I'll be doing more athletic training. So working on getting faster, quicker, working more plyometrics, etc. So that's going to be important for me personally but when it comes to clients it depends on the goals if your goal is just simply just to get in shape then you know you can increase the weights a little bit and increase the intensity but just make sure that you know you are the key after ramadan is always nutrition because you've gone so long and being so used to of not eating when everything becomes halal again it's like we start <laughs> eating everything again so i like to take the first week of focusing on the nutrition and more of the psychology part of it like the, just because you can eat everything doesn't mean you should so let's and then especially after eat right so after eat people which rightfully so eat whatever and do whatever you want on eat you've earned that right too it's a day of celebration but then after eat is done try to take that week to reset and refocus on how you're going to be moving forward so focus on nutrition first and then from there start going out your workouts inshallah and you're talking like summer and for me personally i love the summer season and spring especially when it comes to the pool time so i would like to encourage everyone to get out there to the pool do what i rolled example and i love agility like the plyometric agility training so it's exciting and then 
almost last question. So as a father and a husband, how do you balance it all out during Ramadan with Salah and all of the fun stuff that we go through in Ramadan? <laughs> Lots of du'as. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, because there's there's two of them now, so two daughters, obviously, now. So uh, it, get, it gets a little bit more tougher with uh, time. But the biggest thing is for me, it's even throughout the year, is building a schedule. Having a schedule set up, you know, that's kind of how I go throughout the year as well, is being strict on your schedule. And especially in Ramadan, because I, I for me, Ramadan is time to kind of go in. It's a time for me to get away from people, not in a negative way, but just in a way to kind of work on myself and yes. be a little selfish with my time. Be obviously open with giving back. Because obviously we all know the rewards of giving back during that time. But when it comes to, you know, Ibadah and stuff, you know, you really want to. So what I do with a lot of my clients is I do cut down on my in-person. There's I open up only two or three time slots in the evening and in the afternoons that I'm willing to work with people. So they know they have to let me, they ha it's, you know, first come, first serve basis in that sense. So I cut that time down. So it helps me open up my schedule a little bit more. But then even with my online and stuff, I'm more strict on the times that I'm working. So it allows me to, uh, so as Instead of doing a 12-hour day, which is a usual thing for me, I'm working say, a six to eight-hour day, which is what everybody else does. So it's nice to kind of feel like everybody else. But then I try to take the rest of the time to work on Ibada, schedule my time, even with my daughters and my wife, to make sure that, okay, this is a time that I'm going to be put my phone away put everything away just daughter's time and just wife time and uh, it helps really just kind because of, that's one thing that happens is with a lot of people i notice is when they say they don't have time is because they're trying to do two three things at once if you just do one thing at a time it allows you to open up your schedule a lot more so for example don't have your phone when you're playing with your kids or when you go work out don't do anything but work out do what you are there to do and then when you're because then if you're trying to do everything at once then when you're you know you're sitting and re you're reading and you're reading quran your 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 phone's gonna be beside you and you keep looking at updates and you're like oh i couldn't get as much as i wanted to get done this month well because you were keep looking at your phone right so and workouts the same way right with lots of times we're like oh there's no more time left uh it's because you kept looking at your phone or you kept talking to people right focus on what you need to do so i try to take that month to just focus in on what's most important Obviously, nutrition is going to be the most important in workouts. Uh, nutrition is going to be important, obviously, in keeping my protein intake high, finding hydration. A cool little recipe that I have for hydration, actually, I think you might like this, would be what I do is at Suhoor time, what I do is I take about a liter of water I fill, or uh, close to it. So, you know, those shakers, uh, shaker, uh, like protein shaker cups and stuff, they're yeah. usually about 750 mil. So I, I'll take that, I'll fill that up. Water, I'll put the salt i'll put uh, yeah himalayan sea salt so i tried that. that last year it didn't work out and i you're the one who encouraged like i got one from you actually and then i'm like this makes no sense it didn't work <laughs> out for me so, so how do you <laughs> and did you put a lemon in there as well i don't think i did so yeah do half a lemon or you could do a full lemon right squeeze that in there put a pinch of himalayan sea salt and then what i do on top of that is i add amino acids as well so amino acids are, are great for, you know, building muscle and preserving muscle. And that's the thing during Ramadan is we don't get time to, you know, obviously we're not eating uh, for a very long period of time. So it's easier for, you know, our muscles and so forth to break down to be used as energy stores. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're keeping up with our aminos. So what I do is I have those three things and it helps with hydration. Uh, aminos don't help with hydration, but the, the lemon and the sea salt will if you have enough water, if you're continuing on drinking enough water. But again, you've got to give your body two, three days everything's not going to kick in the first two days you got to keep it and it's not going to work in just by doing it once it's you got to keep allowing your body to keep getting those replenishes and your body starts to understand what it's getting and it starts to learn in that sense too but try it again but just time try with lemon because you're, you're the only one who's told me it hasn't worked everyone else who has tried it has been like whoa this is pretty good okay i think i didn't add the lemon so i'll add the, the, <laughs> this this ramadan okay inshallah so yeah that's so when it comes to you know for me personally uh, balancing with the ramadan again 
is just a schedule. Knowing when I'm going to work. For me, I work out during in the afternoon. Yes, I, that was I, my next question. So most, <laughs> most people can't handle that and that's fine. But remember, I have years of working out experience under my belt. All right. So for me, I know what works and what doesn't for me. All right. For, I always say it's about three times during that you can work out during Ramadan. All right. It's afternoon, before iftar, all right, or after iftar. After iftar, that obviously doesn't work. Most people because Tarawi is so close. Exactly. So I actually know some people who actually work out right after suhoor and they have great amount of energy throughout the day. Right. But again, that's not for everybody because I know some people who have tried and they've had a miserable day because they're like, I'm thirsty, etc. So you have to go. Be, so I always suggest is again, try each one see what works i can't do before iftar because a few hours before i'm usually that's when i'm training clients because that's when clients want to see me and then i like to keep an hour open to make sure i'm home with the family and then you know getting ready to you know do all my uh, ibadah and stuff like that an hour before uh, as well so if that time works for you go at that time half hour before that way you jump into food you can go and eat and stuff so you won't be too hungry for me afternoon works i don't have any issues with it but again after taking first two three days off my body's adjusted but i taper it there's times when you know if i feel like oh i might get lightheaded if i go a little more or if i feel like i'm gonna get too thirsty then i just take a step back i control what control how the workout's going i slow it down a little bit and then i focus on different stuff through it and then that way you're able to kind of understand how your body's working but you also but for me it becomes a boost of energy Right. So usually what I do is I work out three times a week or sometimes four if I get the time uh, during Ramadan because it's a little tougher. And then otherwise, I, I'll but I'll make sure I go for a walk every day. Every single day I have to go for a walk and I feel a huge boost of energy afterwards where everything feels so much better. I feel lighter on my step. I feel, you know, a lot more clarity uh, when it comes to thinking and, and mental power and just everything as a whole work wise, Ibadah, et cetera, family time, everything feels a lot better after my workout or after my walk. Walk is generally 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, depending on, you know, if it's too hot and so forth as well. So again, you got to play with it to see what works for you, but you got to find a time to do it. Sometimes it gets a little tough if you have like, you know, a family party of some sort or something like that, that's fine. But for the most part, we're not attending a family party every single day of <laughs> Ramadan, right? It's usually on the weekends, maybe here, maybe two or three times, maybe once a week, right? Once to three times a week max generally. So you still have another four or five days in the week. So try to find time throughout that time and it will make a huge difference. So do you do it after Tarawih then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, or no. afternoon? You said afternoon. So that would be before. Afternoon, yeah. So for me, it's afternoon. Oh, How yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, last year there was a few times where, because the gym that I go to is 24 hours. So um, there was a few times where after Trawi, I did go in, right? But my body's, but mentally, I'm just not checked in for me mm -hmm. personally. I, I'd rather get, go get some rest or something just because, you know, you just, you know, you just stood for an hour or so, or, or actually more than that for, for Trawi and stuff. So you're, I'd rather spend that time to kind of rest and recover from all the day's work than instead of going and getting your body and your central nervous system refired. I'd rather get it done during the day. But again, it goes based on schedule, right? Some people, for example, if you're in university or college, your day doesn't start till 1 p.m. the next day and you're like, hey, I can be more nocturnal during this month, go for it, uh, right? So meaning you get your sleep in the morning and then you stay up all night and, and if that works for you, go with it. But again, go based on what works for your schedule, but then you still, but there's no excuse not to find time. I 100% agree and that I like how you say that because so that's exactly what I like to promote as well and recommend to people is that find your own time find your energy I actually did try myself to do running after suhoor like I was one of those people but it did work out for a few days not the whole entire month and it's also important to that's why I like to be promoting being active before Ramadan so it's not like not a new brand for you during exactly. this 
exactly like if you haven't done anything for the for the months leading up to it yep. you know be very careful how long your workouts go keep them very short your body's not used to you know pushing yourself at all you're going to ruin your fast for that day and potentially the one the, the day after if you think that you're going to just start a, a a crazy routine and so that's that's one thing unless so try to start a few months before if you can and you know obviously if that's not possible then the biggest thing is if you are starting in Ramadan which I don't know why that is but <laughs> it's like I just get a huge like a group of people that come running to me during uh, right before Ramadan starts it's like okay hey so what can I do now I'm like well you should have came to me like two months ago but sure let's get started with something I guess the biggest thing is start small right start with a few so 20-30 minute sessions and don't jump on a cardio machine because you're going to get drained right away unless it's just walking. Focus on the weights. Focus on slow, controlled, controlling the movements again, right? Focus on your core, finding different routines. If you want, I can send I can send out routines as well. Or, you know, obviously yourself, Coach Ola uh, could help out as well. Uh, but the biggest thing is, it's just, it's, if you are starting in <laughs> the first day of Ramadan, take two, three days, go for a walk, see how your body's responding, then hit the gym the next day, and then seeing seeing how your body's responding as well. But again, it's going to be a little tougher if you're starting in Ramadan because your body's just not used to obviously being pushed out of that limit. Exactly. And that goes back to the cardio as well. I know a lot of people like promote the cutting down cardio. I do cut down, but I kind of maintain myself like the same as before, just because as you say, I'm used to but, exactly right because you're with you it's different right yeah like you have you have you have years of of training and and being, and, active. and being active under your belt right so for yourself like i've had people try to keep up with my workouts i'm like no, no no don't do that it's it's not the same thing it's like it's it doesn't work the same way right uh if, if you haven't done that then ramadan is not the time to try to see what your body can handle <laughs> right it's not the time when i've had people come and say oh man i was trying to deadlift uh, 315 I'm like why it's like oh i saw you doing it i'm like but that's easy for me but that's because i've been doing it for so long right like it's not i'm actually just showing and so what i actually try to do in my videos i stop lifting heavy in a lot of my videos because i notice people start trying to oh, imitate okay. and i'm like no no no. i'm this is actually easy for me and i'm still able to keep form hence i'm showing you the video but so then in some of my videos you'll see me lifting just one plate on each side i'm like okay just do this because it should be easy, <laughs> right? So I'm like, don't copy ex uh, what I'm doing. Copy what I'm saying, not exactly what I'm doing because this is working for me, but slow it down a little bit. You might have to lift a little less. But again, focus on the year. Don't focus on just this month, right? Because it's it's a little corny to say, but it's something I would say is you can't run away from your body. You can't change your body. Your body is who you are for the rest of your life, right? So don't think about it in short term, right? Think about it for the rest of your life. What can you do to continue to keep being better, right? So in this month, you take a step back, refocus your goals, focus on building the foundation, right? So if you have, you know, the really fancy buildings in Dubai, or if you have like our simple buildings that we have here, like in Toronto or anywhere in the world, the key is always the foundation. The foundation never changes, right? Everything else will change. How you, how big you want the building, how tall, how, you know, how colorful, if you wanted different designs, whatever you want, that's fine. But the foundation in itself never changes it has to be solid it has to be strong and that's the great thing about Ramadan is it helps us build a strong foundation where regardless of where you are in your fitness level Ramadan is when you can really build a strong foundation and the cool thing about that is Islamically it's the same way you know that's one thing I always try that's one thing I think that's always kept me close to fitness is it's so relatable to you know yes. our and our religion is that build a foundation Ramadan it does a great job of building that foundation for the rest of the year and building that those habits right so start building those habits for fitness as well and then you'll start to notice the difference throughout the year is like whoa I did this in Ramadan three times a week but there's no reason why I can't do it outside of Ramadan if I, my 
crazy busy schedule in Ramadan, then, you know, there's no reason when my schedule frees up a little bit after Ramadan, I can't continue to keep doing it, right? So build that foundation, build those habits, and then inshallah, after Ramadan, inshallah, you're able to be consistent and continue on. Inshallah. And that's, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, modestly trying uh, Jerry. She's a triathlete in hijab. She actually okay. did, a no. tri- she did a triathlon in Ramadan last year. It was oh, wow, pretty, yeah, crazy to watch her. But again, she's used to it. Exactly. Going back to the point. <laughs> I'm just going yeah. back to the point, guys. Yeah, you it's, can it's, get it's, it. Yeah, it's important to add that disclaimer, right? Because <laughs> it's you. You've got to taper yourself. Like if you just if you became a pilot on the first day, you're not going to be jumping on a huge uh, international airplane and, and start flying those around. You're going to start small, all right? Take your stu- Take the baby steps. Take it simple. You'll get there. Inshallah, you'll get there. All right. I've had people that I've seen begin working out five, six, seven years ago, and they're past me. Right. And I'm like, that's awesome. Keep doing it. But remember, it takes time. Right. It, it's not going to happen overnight, but it will, inshallah, come. Right. So, yeah, inshallah, just consistency is key. And last but not least, tell us about your Ramadan fitness guide that you have and where can we find it? Yeah, you can actually follow. Uh, you can actually get that uh, link through my Instagram. If if not, then just send me a message and I'll send that out as well. You can actually check it out on my website as well at strongerwithbilal.com. On Facebook as well, I'll have posts up as well for it. But the best place will probably be on strongerwithbilal.com because there's a few different things that we'll be launching. So I just want to make sure the link is the same. But it's great because it's going to show you how to work out during Ramadan. It's going to allow you to have a guide in front of you on what you need to do in order for you to make sure that you know you're not overdoing it but you're not underdoing it as well you're staying within a good time frame you know intensity is good you're you're still losing weight you're building a little bit of muscle and you're keeping that muscle on and then you're you're also allowing yourself to stay strong throughout that month and and, and using working out as a way of a building a strong foundation for the months to come but as well as keeping your energy high it's about people don't realize you can actually increase your energy uh, for the rest of the day by working out. So it's simple, you know, simple formula on how to be able to do it. And I want to try to provide that during the guide as well. Everyone, you can find a show notes as well. And thank you so much. Do you, think I, do you have any questions that I should have asked maybe? No, I think we covered, uh, awesome. I think we covered pretty much with it. Jazakallah khair for happy shade. Uh, you bringing me on. We are. And thank you again. Have a wonderful Ramadan Mubarak. And assalamualaikum. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a 5-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for akhirah.